Hello everyone, and a very warm welcome to Regals Town TV. Hello! A very special guest Hello. On, on the YouTube channel. If you'd like to ask any questions to our special guest, please ask them okay, in the comment section. Yeah. Hello everyone, and a very warm welcome to Brighouse Town TV. Tonight we have a very special guest on the YouTube channel. Yeah. If you'd like to ask any questions to our special guest, please ask them in the comment section and we'll try and get them asked to him. Just a bit about housekeeping, if this is your first time to the channel, Please ensure to hit the subscribe button and follow Brighouse Town on all of your social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. And be sure to check out the website, brighousetownafc.co.uk. On to the main event. Uh, I'm honoured and delighted to be joined by ex-Bradford City, Newcastle United, Uddersfield Town, Chester and Halifax, and former Uddersfield Town, Lincoln and Bradford City manager, Peter Jackson. Jacko, how are we doing? Good day, Mark. you? Fine, thank you. Good, good. How's lockdown been for yourself? Difficult. I mean, because I'm in the hospitality business, so um, obviously there's no work. I, I worked at hospitality down at Huddersfield for the last three, three years. Uh, but I also work for the LMA, League Managers Association, so I go around the country mentoring managers. It's, but it's now obviously um, uh, FaceTime and, and WhatsApp and, and getting in touch with man managers on a uh, daily, uh, a monthly basis, sorry. Um, so, but that's going okay. But besides that, you know, a lot of walking and, and just try to keep healthy and safe. Good, that's good to hear. Let's start talking a bit about your playing career, Jacko. And there's actually no, no yeah. better place to start uh, having a playing career than at your hometown club. And for yourself, that was Bradford City. What were your emotions like when you first stepped out on, onto the Bradford City football pitch, knowing it is your hometown <coughs> club? It was um, it, it was a fantastic experience, as you say. I was from Bradford. I was born in Butshaw, went, uh, moved to Shelf, moved over to Heaton, uh, and I went to school at Lickroft, which is probably a mile away from Valley Parade. You could see the floodlights from, from the playground at Lickroft. So, obviously, to, to go on and, and um, captain the club and play for the club, it was a fantastic honour. But I had a quick uprising. I made my debut at 16. I was captain at 18. Um, so I had a rapid rise through from playing the A team to the reserves into the first team, but it was a magical experience, particularly the year, obviously, of, um, of the, the coming together of Stuart McCall, John Hendry and uh, Greg Abbott and Mark Ellis. You know, we had a fantastic team spirit, yeah, but yeah, to answer your question, it were, it were memorable times for me. As all my clubs were, but particularly my first club, which was my hometown club, it, it was special. Excellent. And, and you were the club's youngest ever captain when you lifted the third division title uh, in 85. That must have been a special moment for you. It really was, but obviously what happened after it all got taken away, basically. Um, and, and it was a fire what obviously got all the heads on, and, and rightly so. Um, but it was a really difficult time for myself and the club and, and the team. Remember, we were such a young team at the time. And we had to go to places like Pinderfields and Bradford Royal Infirmary um, to see um, the people that were burnt in the fire. So it, it really it was quite humbling at times when you see somebody with 34% burns on them and all they wanted to talk about was next season promotion for the uh, um, second division as it was then. And, um, and arranging uh, players to go to funerals and, and, and go to fundraising events. So it was really, really difficult period for, for the players, the club to support us and, and the city of Bradford as well. Yeah, and 
having been your first spell at the club, how did you find it at such a young age playing men's football? I loved it, absolutely loved it. I um, at, at that time, Dave, you, you played in reserves or the A team, and the big players in the 30s coming at the end of the career. Uh, they were known to like 17s, under 18s then. So I was playing with men from the age of 16, probably, uh, in the A team and in the reserves. But it's a massive step up. When you go from junior football, like I was playing for being a junior and then 12 months later, 15 months later, I'm running that at Anfield with, with Bradford City in a League Cup tie. Um, and it was, it was just a huge step up, but a step up that I, I made quite well. Excellent. From Bradford City, and then moved on to Newcastle United. And from uh, a special someone at the club, I've heard that you won the Player of the Year over, over a certain Paul Gascoigne. That must have been special, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the full story on that. So I arrived in, in Newcastle, and I, I remember I'm a Bradford lad, and no one really knew me outside Bradford or West Yorkshire. Then obviously he moved to a first division club that is now a Premiership club, and uh, a club like Newcastle get forty thousand fans week in week out, take twelve thousand away from home. So to to go up the A1 and have a medical and move on to the ground to St James's Park and walk in and wear the blue and white shirt was absolutely magnificent. You can imagine I've been I've been playing at, at um, the likes of uh, Carlisle. And all the shot, all of a sudden, I'm running out with Chelsea and Arsenal and Tottenham and Man United and Liverpool week in, week out. Not just on the cup basis, on a regular basis. So I, I loved every minute of it, as you can imagine. And in that time, I managed to play not all 90 grounds uh, throughout the country because at that time, there were no relegation from the Football League. Uh, but obviously, it won't be done again because teams were up and down. But going up the year, um, the other thing about winning that main award, and it's still in my son's bedroom, is that at the end of the season, we, we were bottom of the league basically when I went to Newcastle, and uh, we, we went on a really good run. We brought in the likes of Paul Goddard uh, from West Ham, and as I say, we went on a really good run and we managed to stay up. And at the end of the season, Bradford City, on the last, yeah, last Sunday of the season, we're playing on the Saturday, on the Sunday, the Player Year Awards. And Bradford were having theirs, and they wanted me to come down to Bradford to present the trophy. So I went to Willie McFall, the manager. I said, listen, Willie, I won't be needed uh, tomorrow. Um, can I go down to Bradford? He said, no, you have to come to the player of the year. What? If you don't come, I'm finding you a week's wages. So, <laughs> it's no brain. That's, that's up in Newcastle. So I went to the, uh, the club opposite. The, the, big, the ground at the time was a... Uh, Blue Star Brewer opposite, and they had a big social club. There might have been a thousand people in his social club. So I walk into the club, I'm sat at the back, and uh, all the players went to the front and then went into the crowd. And in third place, we have Peter Beardsley. Peter Beardsley then were in Blood International. In second place, we have Paul, Gosco Paul Gascoigne, under 21 international, on the brink of the f England first team. And in first place, we have Peter Jackson. I could not believe it. Do you know you go into a room thinking, I've no chance. I've no chance of winning this. I might come in top three. I might come second. But to actually win the Newcastle United Player of the Year Award in front of the two players I've just mentioned, yeah. I must have been somewhat special that season. And I loved it. It was great. Excellent. Talking about Newcastle now, obviously not doing so well in the Premier League. What do you think is going wrong? Wrong up there at the minute? Yeah. Newcastle for years and years have always said they're a big club and they are a big club 
And people used to say that to me, and I thought, well, are they a big club? But until you actually play for them and pull on the shirt of Newcastle United, you don't realise what a big club it is. But every year for the last 25, I don't, but 1969, I think the last trophy they won, which was the first cup, I think they won the old first division championship under Keegan. But they've not won trophies. Um, people say Newcastle's a bit out on the limb the can't attract players like Manchester can do or London clubs can do and it's on a bit of a limb but they always seem great expectations are expected like when they were mid-table Newcastle up, up until a, a couple of weeks ago people were saying they should be higher Newcastle will never probably get higher than eighth they need someone to go into that club with, with the energy and the passion that the, the uh, supporters show and put five six hundred million into it but there's not many of them people around they, they go for london clubs or, or uh, manchester uh, places like that they won't go to newcastle and until that get they get that investment they'll never never be a top six club yeah after newcastle he then went back to bradford city yeah but what, well, what were the reasons behind that were it a case of not getting football at newcastle did you just want to go back to a club that you loved what was the reason going back to Bradford City? I left the heart, they won't um, my head. Um, I could have gone to Stoke or Blackburn at that time. Uh, Alison uh, I, I just I was just giving birth to my son Oliver. We had two children and just giving birth and Bradford came back in for me. And um, I said, let's, yeah, we'll go, I'll go for talk. So I came down for talk. So was, the kids were in the car and... Um, we drove back and we started looking at houses. But I, and this is, I feel the only time in my career I've let a group of supporters down was when I came back to Bradford for the second time. Great expectations of me personally, because they just lost McCall, just lost Tender, but they brought me back um, as a big local hero returning to the club. And, um, and I signed and I went to Wapley Bridge for my first training session and they said, this is not like, I knew as soon as I turned up that first day that I made a mistake. I just knew it. This, I went into the same environment I'd worked so hard to get out of. Um, for eight years I've been at the club and I've been in a situation where I'd reached the top and then I slipped back down to the um, second division, but with the same changing rooms, the same people and I just felt then that I've made the wrong decision so I went back and signed a five-year contract and don't get me wrong uh, yeah, I, I, I did look time going back but I, I never played to my full potential I got released on a free transfer to a five-year contract and I went to Huddersfield and I just went like that and uh, I, um, I won the player award and obviously went on to be manager but I, I knew straight away I, I made a mistake and players you know if they don't say that when they've signed at a club they're not telling the truth, but I'm telling the truth and I really did feel I let people down. And it was a shame because I built up the reputation of eight years of being the captain and leader of the club and one of the first players probably to hit the big time in Bradford uh, for, for a lot of years. So I just feel I let people down the second time when I came and uh, I didn't do myself uh, or, or the club justice. Yeah, sounds interesting that to be fair, Jack Crow. Um Looking at Bradford now, uh, in League Two, didn't start off the season too well under one of your pals, Stuart McCall, but under Truman and Connor Sellers. Looking yes. good so far, they've made some good signings, haven't they, in the transfer window? Yeah, they've made some good signings. And what I, I, if I pass him in the street, I wouldn't know Truman. Um, and full marks to him. For, for young, two young lads to take over a club 
such a big club with big expectations as we talk about at big clubs. Um, these two young lads have taken it on board. Uh, you know, they've gone uh, down the route before of replacing with experienced managers and, and probably if they lost the first two games, what was happening? They needed to get off the ground, which they did. They had a couple of really good results. And they've gone on from their side, some really good bringing the players in. I can't remember his name. He's bringing the players in and they're coaching them and, and organising them. And, and they're getting results now. They, they are getting results and full marks to him because I know how difficult it is being a football manager and the pressure that brings. Um, but they have had no um, professional background at a professional club, but full marks to him. That goes into management. I know how hard it is. That's why I never criticise managers because that, that, it is a difficult job and that's it. Well done. Yeah, we're all up at fingers crossed that they do well this season at Bradford. That's something in 1990. Yeah, yeah. You made the move to Huddersfield Town um, and you played under the likes of Owen Hand, Ian Ross and Neil Warnock. Mm. Uh, for people that don't know yeah. Neil Warnock, what's it like to play under Warnock? It's different. Uh, I mean, he, he wrote in his book, Huddersfield weren't big enough for Peter Jackson and Neil Warnock, so one of us had to go. He was manager, now we sent her out, so I had to go. I think what Neil Warnock resented about me is that that was so popular at the club in terms of the fans with the board and uh, the starts did, did Neil Warnock at the club. We lost the first couple of games, people asking questions. <laughs> He was quite smart in what he did, Neil Warnock. He met me up, I was captain, leader of the club. And then he said, well, you're 33 now. I'll give you a little coaching role. So people then thought I was on side with Neil Warnock. He gave me the opportunity, me and Kevin Blackwell, to run the reserves. So I made that step up, which I appreciate. He's got me badges and full badges. But as soon as the club started winning, we got to Wembley in the autoclass. Out of the way, he gave me um, a free transfer. And I went to Chester for the, for the remaining three years of my career. But it was quite smart how Warnock played it. Well, he, I, I think either love him or you hate Neil Warnock. But you can't knock him once again. To look at him, I'm telling you, he's 70 and he's still in management. And he, he's 1,500 games. Do not know. Because I know how difficult it is week in, week out. So I'm not a great fan of his and we walk, we're not on each other's Christmas card lists. But he sort of get me on that coaching role when I was uh, much younger. Yeah, excellent. And you also became a fan's favourite down at, down at town. How special were the times down at Ellen's Road? Not Ellen's Road, Leeds Road. Oops, I'll, I'll get in trouble for that. <laughs> no, Ellen Road's that way. Ellen yeah. Road's that way. Huddersfield Town's that way. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get in trouble for that. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> there were really good times because as I, I left Bradford under a little bit of a cloud and, and I needed to, and I did that. And, and I used to drop my kids off at, drop my kids off at school. I could pick my kids up from school. How good's that? And I've got a job where I can drop my kids off at school and I can pick them up. And footballers, they think, take it for granted. But I look back on my career, there's not many dads in, in the country would have done that. But going back to Huddersfield, as soon as they arrived, it was the old stadium on Leeds Road. I walked through the big, I played there before, and you walk through these big old doors, walked on, walk into the field, and as soon as I stepped onto that pitch, I walked, 
I went, this is for me. I just instantly loved it from day one. Walked into the club, boom, and I became captain straight away. And I thought, yeah, I used to train. Obviously, in the mornings, I used to stay back three afternoons uh, to um, to do extra training, do my weights, do the uh, uh, tennising. And I, I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. The people around as well, um, around the club, it was just, it was just good, good times for me. Excellent. Is there anything in your playing career that you regret? Uh, yeah, probably letting the fans down at, at Bradford City. Um, but not much more, really. I mean, because what I was, basically, I was a centre-half that could edit and I could kick it and I could defend a little bit. I had basically no pace. But what I had, I used, I used to my best ability. And my attitude was one of them, um, where I had a really, really good attitude. And that's why I succeeded. And I look at, I used to, when I went management, I used to say this to, to, um, to players. <laughs> you know, we, the, the prime example, I had a kid up called John Stead at Huddersfield, who um, we accepted 1.3 million from Blackburn. We were, we were um, in the second division, yeah, second division. Uh, in a, when I got appointed, he came into the club from the young academy, played him, and before Christmas he went to Blackburn. Then we're at a placement, young kid coming with a kid called John Makaleski, big six foot four kid, gangly, but he had amazing talent. And he was in the first team, so I called him in. I said, Listen, you've just seen what Stead's done, we've just sold him for 1.3 million. You could be the next John Stead, you could be the next player to leave this club for massive money. You've got a decision in two years, you'll be driving a Porsche or a Peugeot. You decide, not me, you decide. What happened then? He went on the piss and his crate went boom, straight off. And I saw him years ago in Tesco's in Brighouse, my favourite place by the way, Tesco's <laughs> in Brighouse. And he, he came up to me and he admitted he pissed basically his career away. So, then that's a true story. But yeah, but I've had some really good uh, young kids come through what I was doing. Yes, and then you, you took your first steps into management um, at Huddersfield. In your first year, you kept them up, um, and, it, and then in your second year, you finished 10th uh, in the league. We're starting to see the likes of uh, yeah. Steven Gerrard, Lampard, Rooney, Truman, Carlos Corbrand making their first steps into management. How difficult are those few years as a manager, trying to work out what kind of system you're looking to play? Times have changed now. In terms, when I was manager, there was me, Terry Yorath, Lee Martin, the uh, physio, uh, and Hitman, that was it. I went to watch a game, I'll say, at Burnley. Chelsea had 32 staff. 32 staff. They had diet coach, fitness coach, um, and they just had so many staff around them that... Um, I, I don't know who's pulling what strings together, really. I know, I know that it's it, the, the big clubs these, but how can a, a place have 30, 32 members of staff on the bus? There's a, a player's bus, coach for the players, and a coach also for, for the staff, and there's 32 staff. But for me, basically, when I, I was the youngest manager in the championship, I'm just left Halifax Town as a part-time player, 96. And it goes to Huddersfield, a championship club. They had four points in October when I took over. I don't think any other team has stopped up with that lower points. And uh, and the end of the season, we stopped up. 
And I look at the, the art management. My coach was Tony Yorath, very experienced man, managed Wales. Um, he played for Leeds United, and um, he, he was just really experienced coach. So I needed some experience with me. But I think as a manager, it's all about your man management of your players. You want your players to turn up week in, week out to have a go for you, for the club and for themselves. If they turn up and toss it off, you've no chance. But my players, full credit to them, turned up and had a go for me. And my personality then rubs off on everybody around me. So everybody wanted to turn up and be enthusiastic and, 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 and put pride back in the club. And I certainly did that the first time, and I certainly did it the second time there. And it, it's a great honour, but there's an art to managing footballers. It's different from any of the other people on earth are footballers. And you have to um, know when to give them a bollocking, know when to praise them, know when to single them out, and, and be disciplined with them. But get them on your side. If you get them on your side, they can achieve miracles. And I didn't, never had the best sides, but I had teams that, had really good spirit, um, team spirits within the club and wanted to play for the club. Excellent. Uh, I was that, that that's the art of management. <laughs> like I say, it, in, in your first year, you did keep the club up. Um, how, how was that as a manager? Taking the club from four points to then keeping them up in, in, the, in the league. How, how was that for you? Yeah. Well, we just started about... Uh, Truman start and had a really good start. I had um, I was 36 and people were questioning why uh, supporters were questioning why um, they appointed a, a, a championship club with uh, no experience whatsoever. I had my coaching badges, uh, but but no managerial experience. And um, I lost my first four games. First four games I lost, but I never, never, never lost uh, hope that we'd stop up. And I think it was November, we had our first win. We played Stoke City at home and we beat them 3-1. And it was unquestioned of sport, this. Paul Dalton picks a ball up and what happens next? Um, keeper, their keeper comes up in the last minute of the game. He comes up for a corner. We get a break and Paul Dalton rolls it in from the halfway line into the empty net. And you can see me and one other substitute for him on the touchline. And that was what happened next on question of sport. But it was just two as we won that game. After that game, I came home and I said to Alice and my wife said, we'll stop up. This club will stop up now. And we did. And every day then, from, from that day on, was a learning curve from me. I, I didn't know. I'd never organised in team meetings or um, done team talks at uh, championship footballers. I've never experienced problems that I had with players in terms of... Uh, gambling and, and drinking, girlfriend problems, wife problems. And, and players were coming in and talking to me. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just like a normal kid. I'm like 35-year-old kid from from, uh, from Brighouse talking to these players about the problems. So psychologically and mentally you have to be, um, with the players you have to be really, really knowledgeable. And every day, you know, I was a learning curve for me for a couple of years really. And nothing... Um, nothing, anybody that knocked on my door, I always let them in and believe it or not, you know, some of the um, problems players have and questions they ask you, you would not believe, you wouldn't believe. Excellent. In 1999, you first sack and you, you were sacked by Huddersfield Town. How did you take it? Good, I were absolutely good. Really, really devastated. What, what happened? Like when I took over, 
in the October. The following October, we were top of the championship. So we were bottom and we went to the top within 12 months. This young manager no one heard of went from bottom to top. The championship above your Middlesbrough, your Blackburns, all these big clubs, Sunderland's. We were top. We were still time we were top and we were there and we were playing really, really well. So what happened then, um, the board had offers or interest from other people. They still had gone to the top of the championship, heading towards the Premier League. So um, there were a little bit of interest and obviously Barry Rubre, um, a multimillionaire from Pearce Electronics, bought the club. As soon as I saw, obviously when new people come into a club, they're always worried about your position. But it gave me this sort of guarantee uh, that my job was safe at the end. Of, we went till the end of the season. I had ten months left, and we cut down from top to to finish. I think we finished eighth uh, that season. And at the end of the season, I we had I had a meeting with the players all in front of me about next season, pre-season, where we were going. And a guy called Ian in air with Rubri's, um chief exec called me in and says um, Peter can I have a quick word just like that uh, we're sacking you Barry wants to see you at the hotel in Leeds to sort your compensation out tomorrow see ya that were it see ya see ya I'd, I'd given everything at that club I was absolutely devastated I was absolutely devastated by it all but you know, I had to pick myself up and, and move on again but it, I was so so harshly trapped um first time and second time probably um, that I ended up in a position where I'm seeking another job so but you, you go into football management you know one time you, you've got to get sacked and it, it will happen yeah and then after that you had a short spell as manager of, of Lincoln um, how, how was that? Mm. good really good I enjoyed Lincoln um, after I got sacked the second time at uh, Uddersfield, I um, I decided to take some a couple of months off. So me and my wife travel the world. I always wanted to go around the world, and um, I, I we went around the world. Me and my wife for seven weeks. Came back, uh, Millwall job came up, and Lincoln applied for them both. Went down uh, Millwall to meet the chairman twice. Uh, then went so in between that. Um, talks. I was also talking to Lincoln, and they offered me the job straight away. To me, before I left the interview, they said it's your job. Do you want it? But I'd also uh, been waiting for the uh, Millwall job, which they were a championship club. Lincoln were bottom of the second division. They were like nearly in the conference when I took over. Um, so I had to make a big decision, but I wasn't sure about the Millwall job. And it went to Kenny Jacket, and I took the Lincoln job. And um, yeah, I took Lincoln bottom of the football league to. To, to mid-table and my career took off again probably in management I won two um, manager of the month awards um, I took them to mid-table remember we were bottom rock bottom and um, but then I got diagnosed with throat cancer in the um, April I think it was April uh, March to March April time I got diagnosed with throat cancer and I don't know I had throat cancer when I first signed for Lincoln and went I said Talking like this is, and then my wife said, "You bet, Peter." But I put it down to um, talking to players and bollocking players and shouting from the touchlines. As a manager, your your, your voice is is one of your tools of the trade. You can raise a law, or shout, or whatever, but 
you need your voice to talk in press conferences and things like that. And, uh, and it was generally getting worse week by week. And uh, so I went to the um, hospital in Huddersfield and, and I got diagnosed with, uh, with throat cancer stage three, which really, um, thickening really that, uh, you know, I, I, I went through cancer and, and if, it's hard telling your two children when you come home from hospital that, listen, dad's not going to be very well for the next couple of months. So I had time off for, for three months, so it was quite worrying for me, but particularly for my from the family, really. I have a higher morphine most of the time. Yeah. Not a good time. <laughs> People watching, if you've got any questions for Peter, do uh, ask them in the comments below and we'll get to them uh, towards the end of the Q&A. We'll jump back a few years now, Peter, because uh, you didn't rejoin town in 2003 uh, and that, I'd have your second spell there. You'd have a good four years at town at that point. How can you think? Back then and nowadays, that managers are getting a good length of time to put their ideas forward and get them onto the pitch. What getting time did you say? Yeah, yeah. They're so, getting time or not yeah, getting yeah. time? Getting time, like how key is it that they're getting a, a good amount of time yeah. in management? Yeah. Well, I'm sad that Lampard's obviously lost his job, um, but until you've been a manager, uh, you don't realise what a hard hard job it is everything that goes with it um, but you need to give managers time when I first went in management back, back in 96 97 sort of thing managers probably then were getting 18 months they're probably getting if they lose if, 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 if um, a new manager loses his you play eight and you draw two or you're under pressure any manager now that loses five games the top half of the Premiership, or, or you're in the low divisions, you lose five games on a trot and you're looking over your shoulder. You lose six, you could be losing your job. So I think managers don't get enough time. They don't get enough time to, like, it'd have been easy for Huddersfield for me after stay at PE. Four games in, we're still bottom of the league, you've lost your first four games, you've been hammered, we're getting rid of you. But they give you more time then to try and build something. What's the point of appointing a manager and saying, listen, um, so, so you're the chair of the football club, and I go, listen, chair, team players through, hopefully progress to the first team, we get better, we sell players, everybody's happy. Oh, fantastic idea. All of a sudden, you lose your first five games, but the academy kids, they've won every game, they've won the year with Cup, that, that don't matter. All that matters is the first team winning. It, that that is literally all that matters. Three points on the Saturday. Not how the youth teams are, and how many young players are coming through. That don't matter. It's it results-based industry. All that happens on a Saturday. That's most important. Not how the youth teams are, and how many young players are coming through. That don't matter. It's it results-based industry. All that happens on a Saturday. That's the most important thing at a football club. Not the development of bringing young players through. And a club that I think others still are trying to go down that road at the moment in terms of what they're trying to do. And um, as I say, it's, um, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, in your second spell in that first year, you did win promotion. Um, and in that, in that first year, you did use a number of young players. How key is it to kids nowadays, age 15, 16, 17, when they're looking to join an academy? looking to see that they've got a club that they could potentially play for the first team because they know that yeah, yeah. the head coach mm. will use them. Like, how key is that for kids nowadays? That when, see, when I was managing, I used to attract players to the club because they looked at a team sheet and thought, 
we was went to MK Dons. We played ten, nine outfield players. Sorry, uh, from the from the that had come through the academy. So we used to attract schoolboys and best players in Yorkshire because I was seen as a manager that if they were good enough, I would play them in the first team. Say you're a young kid and uh, you get offered a contract at Man United or Man City or Arsenal, Liverpool, something like that. You have to be somewhat special to get into that team. So I, my advice to, to younger players is look of how many players have come through with their academies. A manager playing young players in the first team not going out, you look at Frank Lampard when he, he, um, when he first got appointed Chelsea manager, got embargoed, didn't he? Signing players. So he had to play the young academy players and all them came through and were fantastic for him. Then he makes big money signings, they all fail and Frank's lost his job on, on, on the back of that. So I would, if I was a young player, I would look and say, there's seven players in that first team, five players have come through, uh, six players, whatever, and, and just say, this club and this management will give me a chance. And that's why so many players, I feel, get lost in the game. That, that, that Where did they go? I was a schoolboy um, for, for Bradford boys and Keithley boys, and I managed to play for Yorkshire boys, which is a massive county. We know North, South, uh, West Yorkshire. It was Yorkshire, big county. And um, so you play for Yorkshire, and then to play for England, you have to be something special. And I, and I, I never was that good enough, but the, the 18 schoolboys that represented England that year, my year at school, none of them, none of them went on to play a league game. All got contracts at club, two-year contract, but never went on um, to, to a professional club. Steve McLaren was in the same Yorkshire side as me, by the way. And he um, wasn't as good as me, though. <laughs> so you did end your management career um, at the club you started playing at, at Bradford City. Was that always yeah. the plan for yourself? It was what, sorry? Was that always the plan for yourself to end your, your whole... Not really, I, um, it came up and I, I thought I'd apply for this job because, like I said, I, I captain this time, I'm, I'm from Bradford and um, my family never wanted me to leave Bradford for Newcastle. But by the way, by the, by that, um, I don't know why I said that, but, um, but I thought I'll have one last go on management. So I went back to Bradford and my only aim was to keep them up that season. That really, dis- Peter Taylor left, and he left in a bit of um, not, not, yeah. They were fourth, fifth, bottom of the league, going down in the, uh, the national league, by the way. So it was just a matter of keeping up, and I did that. I just managed to keep them up, uh, but I inherited a team that um, there were no spirit there, there were no desire, and they were just like, you don't play for Bradford City and play in front of 14,000, 15,000 were trapped in then, and we were feet on of the fourth division, or the second division it is now. That, that's incredible. For, for, for a club in that our position, like we were, um, to attract that many fans. So my um, remit, for, really, from Mark Long was to keep the club up, which, which I did, and then this, the following season, they offered me the job they bought a, um, like a, he started off as a chief scout, Archie Christie. He, he came as chief scout, then he became uh, director of football. He had like five titles in, in the first three months. And it just got beyond a joke. So I, I, I knew then uh, when he came to the club and started making the decisions that probably my time in management had probably come to an end. And uh, I, th- I felt it was the right decision to leave with a heavy heart, obviously, because it was my hometown club. 
But, you know, I'm catching them, I manage them. I've won player of the year awards, I've won championships with, with Bradford City. So it's a time in my life I'll never forget. Excellent. Just looking a bit now uh, at Brighouse Town, it's also a club you know well and you know our chairman, James Howard, very well. Do you still keep in touch with James a lot? Is, about it, how is he still drinking? <laughs> James, is he still drinking shandy? Is he still James still drinking shandy? So every know. time I see him, he's Strella, Strella, man. But yeah, I've got a soft spot for, for obviously for James and uh, and for Brighouse as as well. When I got transferred back to Bradford, we bought house not far from Brighouse uh, Town. So I've been a Brighouse lad now for 33 years. And this is the thing I like about Brighouse. Right? I put my glasses on because I have to read this. We have a football club. We have a cricket club. We have a fishing club. We have rock climbing. We have a police station. We have a bus station. We have a swimming bath. We have Rick's ballroom. We have a park. We have a library. How many towns have got that? Not many, is it? No. That will be plugged for, for Brighouse. Welcome to Brighouse, that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so yeah, but James, he, about James, yeah, but he's, he's really, he's, he's really, when, when he, he was thinking about um, taking over the club and being chairman, I've had a couple of meetings and chats with him and he's really keen and enthusiastic to take the, the club forward and you know, we've had chats about different things about Brighouse, about players and things like that. But he's, as I say, it needs it needs success and and results, and people will surely turn up um, for Brighouse. But I know he's got big plans, but we need obviously local businesses to get behind Brighouse and 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 back him and get sponsorship and do things for them and try and push them uh, to that next level. Look at Arrogate Town, how, how they Arrogate Town. I remember playing at Arrogate Town and taking teams there from from Huddersfield. No, if Arrogate Town can do it, you know, a team like Brighouse can do it. You know, why not? So, that, but you have to think big, and, and but to think big, you need backers, you need sponsors, and you need people to help out with the club. And when fans go back for the people of Brighouse to turn up and go and watch and say, I'll "Tell you what, I'll, I'll take my kids up and watch Brighouse Town." It might be a tenner and you know, over kids and that, and get the kids going and get them involved because that's what it needs. It needs. Fresh people going to watch uh, Brighouse Town, particularly the young ones, to, to go and cheer on uh, Brighouse Town and put money in, into the club. Then James can spend it all on Strella. <laughs> so um, at Brighouse, well, we've seen quite a few players come to us and we've gone on to do um, good things. You've got the likes of uh, Aaron Martin, who was uh, a bit of an older head, who's now at Arrogate First Team. But in terms of younger players, you've got... Uh, Romani Edmonds Green, who came to us on loan, and he's now at Huddersfield first team. I think cousin Dawson the same, but he's at Bradford. He came to us, and he's now there ever stay right back. Uh, Tim Akinola, who's now gone to Arsenal. How key is it for these mm. young players to get some non-league sort of good? That's 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 perfect. What you just said then for with all them players have got the opportunity without going to the likes of uh, of Brighouse and getting the experience or going to Harry to get that experience. And, and and play and play football. I, I just feel at times under twenty three football, under eighteen football. Nowadays it's it's physical. Well, not as physical it was when I was was playing. But you know, it's it's a man's game. And for if you're young enough, you're good enough. But you need that experience as well of 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 of, of everything really. Just getting on the coach and going to the games, playing games, uh, being involved in in different. Um, 
scenarios within the game and, and getting that experience so when you get the call back to the club you can go on and do it you know some players go back to go out and loan do nothing and just drift out of the game you know but a percentage of them do go to places like the house which hopefully they'll attract um, with what you've just told me they'll attract better players better young players uh, clubs like Uddersfield are absolutely well. We've loaned him at Brighouse and, and James at, um, at Brighouse Town. We'll look after him and they've done well. And we'll loan more players. And that's the future, bringing young players through and letting them go and bigger and better things. And you bring another crop of young players through and you do that again. And, you know, he's clued on his James. You know, that's what he's doing. And hopefully over the years to come up, we might see, hopefully national football, certainly in my lifetime. Excellent. We'll go to a few questions now from uh, the fans on yeah. YouTube. Um, so we've got Sydney Longley that says, give Jacko our best wishes from the Kiefer lads, Twinnies and Tiber. We've, right. We've got um, Adam Whitman who, who says, what's your most memorable game as a manager? Most memorable game? Um, probably, there, there were two, really. There were two. There was... Um, the playoff fight, yeah, but I would say one. There was the game with Chelsea away in Cup, but I'd say the the playoff final at Mansfield. We 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 were a team. This is the second time around, two thousand and three, two thousand and four, uh, and we went turned up pre-season. Had six players turned up for pre-season. The season were four weeks away. Same players, brought young players from the academy. We went on to to win promotion through the playoffs, and we managed to go to. Um, Cardiff, Millennium Stadium and beat Mansfield on the penalty shootout. But I remember being on that touchline and when that, uh, Lee Fowler scored the winning penalty and me running up on the pitch, it was just it was just surreal really, a, a magic moment for, for the club, for my family and everybody uh, surrounding the football club. So I have to say, Huddersfield uh, v Mansfield at Millennium, uh, Millennium Stadium. Spot on. If there was a club that you could play for that you didn't play for, which club would it be? I don't. I always wanted to play for the Spurs because I always liked the kit, and they always had nice fit kit. The Spurs. I don't know if you ever noticed, but have you ever noticed footballers now? When I was a footballer, I had false teeth in because I got smashed out by Mickey Quinn when I was at nineteen. I had no teeth, so I pulled my teeth out, put them in my pocket. No teeth, right? I had Vaseline here, Vaseline there, Vic there. I had um, some, most games had blood on on my face, and I came off the pitch looking like a wildebeest, honestly. And I look at someone like Giroud coming off for Chelsea. It looks like a male model. Nobody gets a kick muddy anymore, do they? Have you ever noticed that? No one comes off the pitch muddy in the Premier League, this is. But you look at Giroud, he just comes off as though just said a model inside, doesn't he, on pitch? And I used to come off looking like a monster. What were your question? I can't remember what your question was. And so it was most mem most memorable game as a manager. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we've done that. That was that Cardiff one. Ah, oh, right. That was okay. Cardiff one. Um, we've got Dean Daddy who said, Hi Peter, do you remember my dad Jim Sutton from your Salts and Air Valley Junior days? Jim Sutton, what a legend, loved him. People like that, you see, in my career, help me. Um, um, Mr. Risdale, Mr. Jackson, his sports teacher at school. There were so many people um, that get, it's like coaches. That when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate, like when I was under 10s, under 11s, under 12. How much time on Sunday, these managers used to take driving you about, washing kids, cleaning up, putting their nets up. And you just turn up, play and go on. They took most of the day, the Sunday off, the work, and they'd just be forgot about. 
But I always remember all my coaches from, from the time, and Jim was one of them. And, um, you know, the, the, the people forget, the kids forget how much time and effort these people of coaches that manage young kids at such a young age put time and effort in to, to, to manage them. But he, he, he was certainly a legend. Excellent. Would you ever get back into management, maybe at non-leave? No, no. What did your take is Brighouse Town? We're <laughs> <laughs> <you> laughing at. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Honestly, I'm joking. Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm 60 in April, and uh, I've always said, you know, Bradford was. Uh, I started at Bradford as a player, finished there as a manager, so I'm not really interested anymore. I watch it. I, I love football. I made a, a, a fantastic life and a good story from it all. But I'm, I'm, there's no interest um, at, at uh, this time. Nice. We'll, we'll leave it there, Peter. We've done a good <laughs> 45 minutes there and we're getting no more questions that are coming through. Thanks for everyone for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It's been a good insight into Peter Jackson's playing and managing career there. Um, stay safe and we hope to see you all down at the Oxford Payment Stadium sometime soon. Peter, thanks for joining.